Hi, I'm Vicky, and welcome to Ventures in the Capital, a podcast about a young female professional venturing through the capital, London Financial Services, sharing career and life experiences through first-hand introspection. Feels like it's been a while, and I wish I could say that I have been drowning in work, but that's only probably about 70% true. To be honest, I've just been very lazy. Really admire people now who are doing content creation or who are social media creators, influencers, because it's very hard to keep up a regular schedule with these kinds of things. Nevertheless, it is time for episode 10, and this episode is going to be my honest thoughts on private equity. This episode is inspired by a recent conversation that I had with an ex colleague. I thought that the conversation was good and he mentioned it was useful, so I thought that I would share with you guys what we talked about. So my friend is still working in investment banking. We actually used to work for the same broader group. And recently, a lot of people have been leaving banking because it's just followed bonus season and the job market is generally hotter at the beginning of summer and throughout the summer months. He doesn't hate banking, or at least from what I could see, he didn't mind it. So he's not desperate to leave or anything, especially not to move to the buy side so quickly. But because so many people are leaving, he just started to think a bit more and he wanted to get a real life insight into what moving into private equity or moving towards buy side is actually like. Especially how fun life differs or is similar to the sell side, which is investment banking. Main things that we talked about include what it is that we actually do on a day-to-day basis, how is it different from investment banking, how is the compensation different, how is the core skill set different, and what does progression look like. Before we get into those topics, I thought it would be useful to just explain what is private equity, what is a fund, and how is it structured. So whenever someone says buy size, they normally refer to a fund. And a fund can encompass private equity fund, a hedge fund, pension fund. There are various different types. The way that a fund works is that it's like a holding company. So you have investors in the fund. Those are called limited partners or LPs. They essentially commit capital. So you can think of it as just investing money into the fund. The fund manager, so the investment professionals in the fund, the CEO, just anyone who works for this fund, this holding company, they then take the money and then they invest it according to their strategy. So for hedge funds, they can go long short equities, which is investing in stock in publicly traded companies. Whereas for private equity, then we would be investing it into private companies. So we can be buying out private companies which are not publicly traded on the stock market. The fund manager is typically called the general partner or the GP. The way that the fund makes money as a business is it will invest the money and then it's going to get a return after a certain amount of time, depending on the investment horizon. And then with the investment return, that is essentially the revenue that the business or the fund generates. It can also generate other revenue or income through management fees. The fund itself can be called a investment manager. So it's not just one fund. This fund manager can have multiple vehicles. These are SPVs. They're different funds and we call them vintages. So LPs or investors will commit capital to a particular fund or a vintage or a vehicle. You can be raising a fund every two to three years. You hit a target amount of say, it can range from a hundred million to a couple of billion, depending on the size of the fund. Different funds can have different strategies. So it's not just the fund manager or the fund as a company, which can have varying strategies. So hedge fund versus a pension fund, for example. But within the hedge fund, there can be multiple fund vehicles that have different strategies. You can have equity funds, you can have credit funds, and then you can have hybrid funds, which is a mixture of both debt and equity. 
Private equity funds are also sorted by asset class. So you can have infrastructure funds, you can have typical private equity, which are like corporate private equity funds. And then you can have real estate private equity funds. There's various different asset classes. I work for an energy fund and it's private equity. So we invest in private companies related to the energy sector. So the only transactions I work on are energy related transactions. If you know you don't like energy, then don't go to an energy specialized fund. So whereas in sell side, you could belong to a broader sector group. Once you go to a fund, depending on how specialized the fund is and what their particular strategy is, that's where the first difference happens because that's going to determine what the content of your work incorporates. So now let's talk about how fund life differs or doesn't differ so much from investment banking. I genuinely think that investment banking and private equity or buy side are just two different sides of the same coin. The work from the perspective of a junior, so actually the day-to-day stuff that you do, is directly transferable. The skill set that you have within investment banking, you leverage that immediately in order to operate and do the work required for the buy side. Whereas on sell side, you're just constantly pitching, trying to sell something. You are the financial advisor to companies that want to either sell themselves, sell part of themselves, or to a company that wants to buy another company or merge with another company. When you're on the buy side, you are the company, you're the client. So you're the one that wants to buy another company or you're the one that wants to sell or divest a part of your existing corporate structure. But when you're on the buy side, the work just goes so much more in depth because whilst on the sell side, you're only really there for the transaction part. On the buy side, you need to think about your portfolio and also the fund investment returns. Everything is centered around whether you can make a return on the capital. On the buy side, you do a lot more of the planning, the origination phase of an investment idea. And then after the successful completion of investment, you then need to manage a company. It becomes a portfolio company within your fund. Those are the two areas that on sell side you will never be able to see because the investment bank is just bought in when financial advice is required through either a sales process or a buy process. When I was on the sell side, I thought that that was everything. I thought that the work was very interesting. It's only until when you actually go to the buy side and you see much more of the broader picture of how everything fits together that you realize the work on the sell side is actually the grunt work, the most uninteresting parts of the entire investment life cycle. And on buy side, the work is just a lot more interesting and it's a lot more tangible as well. I think you can definitely identify better with this idea of an investment philosophy, a strategy or horizon and your interests are aligned with the broader fund and everyone is just all about the investments, getting the return on the capital. Whereas on the sell side, there doesn't seem to be a much greater purpose to the work that you are doing. Yes, you're helping companies, you're helping funds, but there's just, there's no concept of investments, returns, or anything like that. For the day-to-day work as a junior, it's very similar. So when you're on the sell side, you can be doing a lot of modeling. So when it comes to the valuation of a financial company, you're going to be building the financial model if you're an analyst or an associate. On the buy side, it's very similar. So on the buy side, the associate is actually the most junior role. You're going to be bought in from an investment bank, typically after two to three years of experience. Can be less, can be a little bit more. And you're going to be coming to the buy side to do the financial modeling. But when you're doing the modeling on the buy side, it's not going to be creating financial models from scratch like you would on sell side. You actually get the model from the sell side. So it'll be an investment bank running a sales process. You on the buy side, you'll be looking to buy this potential company. 
So you would take the cell side model and then you would be running your own sensitivities or correcting or amending the cell side model if it's really bad and doing various adjustment work so that it runs as you wish. Whilst on the sell side, you could be working on one sales process for a couple of months, building one financial model from scratch. On the buy side, it's more about getting multiple sell side models. You could be getting a new one every single day, pretty much. Looking at the returns, looking at the valuation, and then deciding whether you want to invest in it. So in investment banking, you get a lot of good foundation work, training, because you're actually building models over a long period of time from scratch. Once you're on buy side, you're expected to know how to financial model, how modeling works. So you need to just be able to take one, run the analysis, and then explain the output. So when you compare the two, which one would you prefer? I think for me, starting out building models from scratch is definitely what you need to fully understand how model works and to improve your own skill set in this area. But if you're just spending months building one financial model, then it's not that much value add in the long scheme of things or in the grand scheme of things. And if you're just doing the modeling, then your day-to-day work can get a bit repetitive. If you love it, then great. But variety is the spice of life. You want to have varied work streams so you don't get bored. And if you're just doing financial modeling or something which is quantitative, then you can feel a little bit lacking on the creative side or on the client-facing side. When you're on buy side, the model is pretty much there. So you just spend, at the origination phase, maybe one or two days looking at the model. So you still need to fully understand how a model works. So there's still that element of problem solving, but it's a lot more efficient and you're more interested in the output, which is the purpose of having a model in the first place. So in that respect, I think it's quite nice to be able to just get multiple different models, which are very different in nature, different asset classes, different functionalities, being able to run with it. And then you also have that quantitative aspect. You have the outputs, you discuss the numbers, see if it makes sense. You run your downside cases, your sensitivities, and then you essentially come to a investment decision or evaluation outcome. So when you're on the buy side, I think the work can be split into three main categories. One is origination. So that's actually finding investments that you can potentially want to invest in. Two is transaction or execution. So that's when you're on a live deal, you're actually going through a buy process or a sales process. And then number three is the portfolio management. So what happens after you acquire or buy a company? They become a portfolio company of the fund and then you are the owner. So you you basically need to run the company successfully. So when you're on sell side, you're only going to see the transaction or the execution part. You're not going to see the origination or the portfolio management. The main difference then between investment banking and fund life or private equity is the portfolio management aspect. Once you complete a transaction, you then need to successfully run a business. And this can include either passive or active portfolio management. And this again will depend on the type of fund that you're at. If you're at a private equity, like a core traditional private equity style fund, then you're going to be spending the next five to seven years trying to squeeze all of the value from the business to generate as much cash and value as you can and then exit at the end. If you're at a more passive fund, then you're just going to be interested in the cash flow. You're buying this company because it can generate a lot of cash on a year to year basis. You're going to pay yourself a dividend and that will give you a nice cash yield as well as a nice return when you do decide to exit. Typically, the traditional private equity is definitely more on the active side, and a lot of people find that very interesting. The returns are also much higher on exit because you are really trying to get the maximum value that you can from this company, whether it's through additional add-ons, so further acquisitions, growing the business, rebranding, 
cutting expenditures, anything like that. I think all of that is very interesting to many people. I work for a more passive fund and within infrastructure, I think there's more common to have just a passive style where you're just interested in the cash, both in the near term and the medium term when you exit. This is quite interesting for me, even if it's just passive, I find it interesting. And the skill set that you need is definitely a lot broader than you would have in investment banking. It also gets quite interesting if one of your portfolio companies, for example, is on the verge of default, which can happen. And you get to work closely with management. So you begin to realize that 80% of a successful business is down to a solid management team. On the other hand, portfolio management can get boring sometimes. It can get a bit repetitive and mundane, especially when you get to the quarterlies. So you need to look over the financial statements, the management accounts. You need to make sure that the liquidity of the company is okay, it's all in check. I'm doing this on a quarterly basis. It's just very admin heavy and I'm not into that as much as I am live execution, for example. But you do learn a lot of applicable skills, things that you can really use in your day-to-day life. So in that respect, I think it's very useful and I like it for that reason. So I mentioned it already, but the skill set that you acquire and you need to develop is a lot broader. The other thing is once you go to a fund, the teams are typically a lot smaller. There's a lot more transparency. The hierarchy is more flat as well. Especially if you go to a smaller fund, then it has more of a startup like feel to it. You're very connected to senior management. You know exactly what's going on. You have these investment committees, which everyone is invited to. People on the investment teams will present their investment ideas to the committee to get sign-off or approval to use the fund's money to go after this investment. And it's just more cohesive because everyone is in it together. You're all doing it for the fund returns. And as an investment professional, I feel that you are a lot smarter. You need to think about things in a lot more detail. You need to ask questions, always think about the risks surrounding your investment and go into just a lot more depth with all of the transactions that you're looking at. A lot of money is at stake here. And that's the main difference with investment banking. In banking, you're just after the financial advisory fees. You don't really have this concept of investment. You're not going to be losing hundreds of millions of pounds. You're going to be paid a commission. So there's not really anything to lose or anything at stake. You need to do a good job, but that's just part of the job. When you're on buy side, you really need to think carefully about the investment. You could lose all the money that you put in and that's it. That's going to be the end. If you can't invest successfully, then your fund isn't going to survive for very long. This is also why it's important if you're choosing to go to a fund to choose one with a good track record. You need to go to one which actually has money to allocate, is successful at investing and you know will have repeat or return investors in the future. You also want to learn how to be a good investor. So of course you want to go to a fund which has a good history, track record, so you can actually learn how to become good at what you're doing. One of the main questions my friend asked me was that a couple of years down the line, in investment banking, you need to be a good salesperson. You need to have a lot of contacts. After you've reached director level, no one's going to care if you can model or not. It's all going to be about how, who do you know? Can you bring in business? And can you actually get fees and make money for the bank? He asked, what is the equivalent of a director or what is the skill set that you'll need if you're on buy side? And it comes down to being a good investor. So once you get to director level or a senior level um, at a fund, then you may be in charge of a specific fund strategy. So you may have a vehicle, an investor gives you £500 million, and then you need to be able to successfully invest that to reach the minimum level of return that your investor is expecting. That's known as the hurdle rate. And then also generate additional returns on top of that so that the fund manager actually makes money by doing this. 
My friend liked the sound of that. I think he just didn't like the idea of just being a salesperson after a couple of years and how your future career, your success is going to be down to how much business you can bring in just purely from a relationship or a network point of view. He felt that on buy side, it requires more brains. You do need to still use a core skill set, like a quantitative skill set, and that is better than just having your career ride on relationship. Now let's talk about the compensation because that was also another big question that my friend had. So as a junior or just as an employee of the fund, you'll have your base salary, which is fixed, and then you'll have a bonus component. And that's very similar to investment banking. The difference in compensation lies in what's known as a carried interest, and you only get that at a fund. The way that carry works is that you have the LPs, the investors that um, invest money into the fund. They expect a minimum level of return. So let's say they invest a billion pounds then they're going to be expecting a 10% return over a five-year horizon. After five years, you have to give them back what they gave you, a billion, plus the 10% return or the IRR that they're expecting. And then any return on top of that, above the 10%, is going to be shared 80-20% between the LPs and the GP. So as the fund manager, you're going to be getting 20% of the additional returns, and that is what is known as carry. Carry is per fund, so it's per vehicle. You can have a very good performing fund, but then the next fund, if it performs adversely, so you get under 10%, then there could even be a clawback of the original carry. Once you get a carry of a fund, that's typically paid out to all of the investment professionals within the fund. Depending on your level of seniority, you're going to be getting a different percentage of this carry. From the most junior person, you could be getting like 0.01% of the carry in the fund, uh, all the way up to managing director, partner, CEO, where you could be getting, you know, at least a couple of percent of this carry. So that is a significant amount. And that is why on buy side for an equivalent level or years of expertise, your total compensation is going to be significantly higher than the equivalent within investment banking, typically. Now, there are cases of investment bankers getting paid very well, but I think the earnings potential on buy side is definitely a lot greater. And I forgot to mention that the carry is typically vested over a couple of years, so it could be five years. You get a carry in one fund and then you get paid over a five-year horizon, so 20% each year. Now let's talk about the work-life balance or the working hours. The number one reason why people leave investment banking is because they don't want to work like a slave anymore. They don't want to work every weekend. They want to actually have a life. Well, on buy side, to be honest, if you go to a big fund and you're on a lot of execution, the hours aren't going to be that much better. But it is better in the sense that you're not going to be wasting time doing pointless tasks, such as internal pipelines or profiles that never amount to anything. When you're on buy side, you're going to be doing the long hours for deals, for portfolio management, for investments. So it's somewhat okay because there's actually a purpose to it all. You're also not going to have unreasonable requests. So when you're on sell side, director can call you at 10pm asking for a slide that evening just so they can send it internally or whatever it is that they want to do on buy side you're not going to have that i think people work effectively and efficiently they understand what the purpose is and they'll work towards the goal but they're not going to do anything pointless along the way also in weekends i have to say that from my experience so far the weekend working is definitely a lot better i haven't had to work consecutive weekends When you're on the last stages of execution, then you may have to work on weekends, you may have to work quite late on the evenings, but it's typically just for maximum one week. And then afterwards, you do get better balance. But you are still working long hours. And I think 
the hours that you do work is more intense, you really don't have that much spare time because when you're having to juggle origination, execution and portfolio management all at the same time, it just gets a bit too much. There's a lot of stuff that you need to be on top of. And if you're doing the modeling, just getting a new model every day and familiarizing yourself with it and then running with it, it can take time and it's quite intense. Add on top of that a lot of calls with various different third-party advisors, calls with the internal investment team, calls with the global teams, called with valuation, fund accounting, tax advisory. It can get quite complicated. So my typical day, I say, is probably 9am to 9pm. That's if you're doing execution and everything else. If you're not on execution and you're just doing origination or just portfolio management and the portfolio management is not so active, then you can probably finish at six or seven. And you definitely don't have to work a weekend in that case. So it's not like Southside where you could be working every single weekend where a call from a client can then warrant you to come into the office to work with your VP on something just so you can impress the client, but doesn't have a greater purpose beyond that. When we've employed investment banks as our financial advisor, we literally just give them the work that we don't want to do. So I think as an investment bank, then you could just be coming into contact with the most disinteresting works and you're not really fully involved in everything. At the final stages, the due diligence is what takes up the most amount of time and can get very complicated. If you're buying a company, then you need to make sure that everything is covered. This ranges from market due diligence to the technical due diligence, the tax due diligence, insurance due diligence, and a lot more, or what feels like a lot more. The legal due diligence is also a massive part of this. You're going to be in contact with so many different advisors from different sectors every single day. If you're working within infrastructure, then you kind of feel like an engineer, especially when you get into the technical due diligence. You need to make sure that the technology checks out. On the legal side, you can feel like half a lawyer sometimes because you're negotiating the commercial terms and translating what's in the financial model within the documentation. On the market side, if you're working for an infrastructure fund or an energy fund, then you need to know what's going on in your sector. If you're on the sell side, even though they join our due diligence calls sometimes, they don't really contribute that much. They can ask a question here and there, but at the end of the day, they're not the ones that are leading the due diligence, everything is still done from the fund perspective, it's from the investment team. So I think the most interesting aspects of the work is definitely still done by the fund and it will never go to the investment bank. The fund investment team also leads the direction of the transaction. We essentially tell the investment bank what we want to do, what we want achieved, and then they go ahead and do it and give us outputs. From a teamwork perspective, if you go to a fund which has a small team or a small fund, then you're going to be working with the same people every single day. Some people might not like that. It's not like in investment banking where you have much larger teams and you can be exposed to different people internally. When you're at a fund, the exposure you get to different people is going to be via the third-party advisors and then also with operations or back-office teams within your fund itself. But investment teams are typically quite small. From my experience, I work with the same people every single day I don't have any problems with that. I really enjoy the people that I'm working with. I've developed good relationships and there's a lot of stuff that I can learn from them. I'm very happy to be surrounded by people that just can show me the way to becoming a good investor. But it might not be the case for every fund. I have had some friends who have gone to private equity funds and they really don't like the fact that there's only a couple of people that they can interact with on their team and the average age is a lot older. So this is one thing that you'll find. Investment banking... Southside is definitely a young person's game. There's a lot of 
people in their 20s and their 30s. And as you get older and as you get more senior, there's just less and less people. But at a fund, it's kind of the opposite. So there's not many, many young people. Most people have been in the industry, have been investment professionals for decades. That's how they're so good at it. It's all about the experience, the expertise, and the knowledge that you accumulate over the years. So for a fund, there's more people of an older age. For me, as long as there's a couple of junior people, so you know at least like two or three around my age, then I'm perfectly fine with that. But that is also another difference with investment banking. So by this point, my friend is like, oh yeah, everything sounds really good. One thing I really love is that you don't have to do pitching on buy side. Well, that's not strictly true. You do do an element of pitching. So you can be pitching to other investors to co-invest in your investments. So for example, you wanted to buy something for a billion pounds, but you don't have enough capital within your fund to do it, to do everything. So then you can pitch the investment, why you think it's great, to other investors, so not your LPs but others that you just have a good relationship with. And you can mention that there's this great £1 billion opportunity. We can only put in £700 million. Will you be up for co-investing with us and putting in the £300 million? And that is also pitching, but it is a bit different to sell-side pitching. So on the sell-side, you're going to be pitching just random opportunities within the market. It's hit or miss, 90% miss. But when you're on buy-side, you have this investment opportunity, which is ready on the table. So it's going to have more traction most of the time, and it's not going to be pointless for the majority of the time. So it's coming up to half an hour, and I realised that I've spoken about a number of things, but there's still quite a lot that I haven't covered. Nonetheless, it's time to come to a conclusion. And I often ask myself, was this the correct decision? Am I happy with this decision? And whenever anyone asks me as well, I definitely say that this is probably one of the best decisions I made last year. Well, leaving investment banking was the best decision I made. And then the second best decision was moving to a fund. I'm very happy with the work content, with the people that I'm working with, and with the overall lifestyle. To be honest, it's still long hours, it's intense, and the work is very similar to investment banking, but it's the better part of what I did in investment banking. It's also a lot more complex, you need to put a lot more thought into it, and it's very fast-paced. You have to keep up with the sector developments, with the technology developments, and you need to be chasing investments all the time. We get investment banks, they just come knocking at our door, but we have to look through investments very quickly. It's like a new one every single day. So there is a lot that you need to be able to be in control of. And that's just on the origination side. If you're on a live execution, that's a whole different story with all of the advisors and the due diligence that you need to do. And then there is also the portfolio management side. If it's passive, then that's absolutely fine. But if there's something wrong with the company, or if you need to do more active portfolio management, then that takes up all of your time and you can't really do much else but everything considered I just think that you're really learning a lot more you're looking into things with a lot more depth and you're acquiring a broader set of skills and you're also learning some very useful skills that can be used in your day-to-day life if you want to go into investments and even if you don't want to go into investments like I don't know what I want to do for the long term I'm not sure if I want to stay in this field and this career but All of the things that I'm learning right now, I think, are very useful to me, whatever I choose to do in the future. And I'm also surrounded by very good people. I'm just glad that I can learn from people who are very intelligent, smart, and capable. I also like the smaller fun startup-like culture. I think that 
if you've worked for a large corporation, you'll know where I'm coming from in that you're just being part of a machine. Anyhow, that's my conclusion. I'm happy right now and I think private equity is great. I think working for a fund is great. I think buy side is better than sell side. It's the better part of sell side, basically. Thank you for listening to my thoughts and if I haven't covered anything or if you want to know a bit more about other topics that I didn't talk about today, then just leave me a message. Instagram at Ventures in the Capital. I'm going to try and do more regular episodes and uploads if I can get over my laziness. So I'll see you on the next one.